Hello and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we're going to be talking about John Cassavetes, but mostly just in terms of his acting. And next week we'll talk about him as a director. But I guess we could just get into it and share our top three favorite films. Do you want to start with your Yeah. Third? Okay. So my number three... I think you'll hopefully like this one, is Marvin and Tyg. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tyg is living with his mum. He's this little 11-year-old boy. And his mum dies, like, early on. And then he's, like, out on the streets on his own. And then he comes across Marvin, who is John Cassavetes. And I know this might sound a bit weird, but, like, he takes him in. Yeah. (laughs) It's not weird, I promise. It's not weird. I like literally cannot stress it. It's not weird, but like it sounds so wrong. It does, yeah. (laughs) But it's just really sweet, and it's just them living together, and then something happens, and Marvin's got to get the help from Tig's real dad, and it's just a really sweet, nice film. But it was a bit not ruined for me, but like I was expecting something really bad to happen. Well, this is too nice. Something's gonna happen. It's gonna break my heart. But I wrote down just some quick, I wrote down some pure moments from the film. And I put, Marvin buying Tig roller skates for Christmas. I oh, love that so much. Don't even, <laughs> don't, don't, oh my God. And then Marvin's watching Tig through the window and he's like falling over on the roller <laughs> skates. It's so cute. And he helps yeah. him skate. I also wrote, Audrey, the roller coaster scene. Yes, oh, oh that was fun. There's no need to have this scene in. And John Cassavetes is holding on for dear life. Yeah. <laughs> his soul is just leaving his body left, in that moment. It. <laughs> yeah. It's too good. I love it. It's just so sweet. It's a really nice film. A film as well that like came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. In his later career, he was not only out, but his directed films were taking a bit of a turn. And I like this kind of one of his last ever things. And not like it was about six years before he died. But, but I just think it came out of nowhere and no one knows about it. Like, no one talks yeah. about this film. And the boy that played Tyke, Gibran Brown, was amazing. He mm-hmm. was crying. Yeah, he was so good. I was so good. really impressed. Yeah. yeah. They were just so sweet together and I just loved it. Oh, and then Billy D. Williams plays Tyke's dad. And I thought all the scenes of him were brilliant and just broke my heart. Like, John Cassavetes was so good in it. I love gross old Cassavetes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just an old man, it? <laughs> I think he's even got a little pot belly going on. Yeah. <laughs> he's so cute. But it was cool to see him still be pretty spry. He was like running around and yeah, yeah, jumping yeah. around. Tyke jumps off a ladder and he picks him up. Yeah. And then they like fall. But please be careful. My number three is Edge of the City. I was really impressed by how realistic it felt and then like their relationship was really interesting lots of homoerotic tension going on so gay yeah also i love ruby d who plays poitier's wife it deals with race and it's not perfect in every sense but i appreciate that they tackled it with some understanding and it's not a positive film though it's like I thought it would be more fun than it was yeah yeah there's definitely some bright spots in there but for the most part it's pretty depressing and I don't like a lot of the choices it makes towards the second half of the film but I just think like looking at it through 
Cassavetti's performance, I think it's like one of his most honest ones and he and Poitier just go together so well. And They um, really do. They do. Yeah. And you saw like those Virgin Island ones they made. Oh my God. Virgin Island was kind of like the worst film ever, but also the best film ever. I'm like, it's so funny is in this film. Like, that's like, what? That's like the best actor ever in this awful film. So what was, <laughs> sorry, this is unrelated, yeah, no, but what was No, that? don't worry, because I haven't actually planned to talk about this film, so I'm just like, it doesn't fit any of our... <laughs> <laughs> But it's really, it's on YouTube. It's awful quality. Poitier is, I'm pretty sure, I think he, it's so offensive. Like, I think he's doing an accent and he's a leader of a steel drum band on this island. And like, it's awful. Oh, no. <laughs> and actually, when I just Googled it then, I think it came out the same year as Edge of the Sea. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Around, basically around the same time. Wow. It's a weird one it's so bad. oh my god let me just tell you about this real oh my god they get married they're on the island and then she's pregnant and oh. like stuff must happen i can't even i can't even tell you what happens in the in-between thing <laughs> oh there's a really weird scene where he's painting like the nursery or their bedroom whatever and she's like knitting and then she's like oh do you want to take a break i'll do that which is so wrong because you should not be painting when you are pregnant and then she's painting on a ladder, pregnant, and then he's on her chair knitting, like, as a joke. And then the man comes in and he's like, oh, what a weird division of labour. <laughs> but that's not even the weird thing. Right, so, also, if they're on this island, just out in the middle of nowhere, you'd think, oh, I know, when I'm eight months pregnant, or seven and a half, I'll go on to, like, the actual land, where there's a hospital and there's people, like, just in case anything happens. But no, they leave it to the last minute. She's in labour. They're on a rickety boat, just her and John Cassavetes. And, and then the boat, ha- it's not even a boat. It's like planks of wood. And then something <laughs> happens. And then like, the boat's kind of broken. So he jumps off and swims to shore and says, like, I'm going to get help. He goes, I'm pretty goes, sure he goes to Sydney Poitier or something. And they're like fixing something. But... She's got the baby. Nothing's happened. What made them think they could just take this island? And then like, the director just making them have this big like narrative thing and then don't even show it resolved. Yeah, that's weird. I hate when they do mind. that. They just cut a really important scene. <laughs> I read that John just wanted to do it so he could have a vacation in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think it was like shot there and it did look beautiful. But yeah, God, I don't know if it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason I guess that one is probably like the least known in his filmography. It's a shame that like of the two movies he made with Sydney, only one of them is really that good. It was good, yeah. <laughs> but no, sorry, that was the biggest segue. No, that's good. I was curious because I didn't want to watch it, but I saw you had. So I thought you I might have to tell you about... to talk about it. Yeah, I had to tell about that pregnancy scene. I had to tell someone. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know if you had Edge of the City on your list. I um, do. So we can, okay. But I just want to say that about what you said about where the narrative takes us in Edge of the City is so annoying. And I think it mm-hmm. was definitely done because of like Hollywood and like the structure of films. 
but yeah I just wanted to see them be happy all throughout the film I just wanted them yeah. to be like broke yeah <laughs> but I'll tell you what though him in Edge of the City it kind of reminds me of like John Garfield like yeah. playing like, like naughty boys yeah I definitely got that like James Dean like he I don't know if he was trying to emulate it or that's what the director told him to do but I still felt like he did his own thing with it so I didn't really care but it's I wouldn't say it's like a soft role per se but for John Cassavetes it is compared to his <laughs> other films isn't it yeah it's very heavy <laughs> this one deals with a lot of like heavy themes it's not there's some really light-hearted moments in it yeah I think the dance scene in their apartment is the best part. But he's not like the bongos. <laughs> so what's your number two? So my number two is Rosemary's Baby. What a film. Love it. It's just the best. I rated it higher than what my number one is, but that's because of the film as a whole. So this is number two because obviously, like, we're talking about John Cassavetes. So that's why it's number two because obviously I don't like him in it. He's so- yeah. He is a horrible man, but like in a good way. Like it's what you, it's what you want in the film. But always, oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, he is a prick in it. Like he is such a prick. We commented on this when we watched it about how after she gives birth, and she technically thinks the baby is dead. He calls her what we would see now as postnatal depression. He calls it hysteria. Yeah, what a horrible man this is. He is the worst. <laughs> he sacrificed this lovely life he had with Rosemary. Just so he could become a better actor and what? Like eternal life? I don't know. Like I, I'm so mad at him. And his name's Guy. What? The worst name ever. <laughs> oh man. This guy, he is literally the worst. Which is I think is great acting because can't make me hate him. <laughs> Even in that. Even that, I hate him. I hate him. I hate okay. him so much. Yeah, don't <laughs> worry. No, there's no defense for Guy Woodhouse. But I think also, because when you think of Rosemary's Baby, as you should, you think of how good, like, Mia Farrow is and Ruth Gordon. No, oh, brilliant. And, and also, ugh, hate to mention him, but you also think about how good the director is, like, at making this film. <laughs> hate him. But no one ever thinks about John Cassavetes in it. And I think we should. I really do. I think people, like... Like, obviously, you know me, I love women in horror. So, like, I'm fine with standing Mia Farrow in this. But, yeah, I just... Some more respect on John Cassavetti's name because I don't think everyone knows he's even in this. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to say that for all his films. But, <laughs> but, no, I just think he's really great in this. I really do. Some complaints I heard, like, from reviewers at the time was that he wasn't really as horrible as he could have been. Like, they thought he was land. Do you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts on that? Are they more saying that, like, he could have been worse as a character or he was just bad as, like, an actor? I think it was kind of a mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking with the could have been worse. I actually like that he wasn't so cartoonishly villainous. But I think that's what makes him so scary is that he's, like, just normal, Mm -hmm. which is terrifying. Oh, a lot of men in horror are, like, so gaslighty. And when I watched Poltergeist, I was really shocked because the dad in it believes the mum straight away. And I had never seen that in a horror film ever like they never ever believe the women at all so that's like my worst fear in horror is when they don't believe like the woman like the protagonist i hate it so much and that's what he does in rosemary's baby and i think he does it so well like i i'm wondering maybe in the 60s were they like oh i don't know how to word this but i want to say that were they not this is 60s 
68. I'm thinking like maybe were they did they see a lot of stuff like this before? Like people think they're being possessed. Yeah, yeah, maybe kind of like horror vibes like that. I feel like uh, that kind of those kinds of movies didn't really come until the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people talk about this movie as being cursed and like in relation to Sharon Tate's death and things like that. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I hate it. Like, I hate it so much. I don't like it. Like, because it was 68 and then I guess it was a year after. I don't know. I just feel like I would hate to put it down to what happened was because of a film. Like, this was, she died because of a crazed madman. I don't like it when people say, oh, the film's cursed. Because then also, then they were also implying what Polanski did in the 70s no that's not because he the film was cursed that's because he's a horrible man yeah there's no justifying that so i think it's just a really real oh it's like awful coincidence that yeah. so much bad stuff happened from people in this film that surrounded the people in this film but yeah no, what do you think about it in this curse um, yeah i'm not gonna say it's cursed because i do feel like that kind of just excuses yes all yes. the stuff like you said but then also, I do feel like with a lot of movies that deal with the supernatural or demons and things like that, they're just stirring up that bad energy. And so I do feel like that plays a part yeah. in maybe some things that happened like while they were filming. But yeah, it doesn't have to do with all the it's other kind stuff. Of, it's like tempting fate in a way, isn't it? Yeah. If you're going to deal with like Satanism and stuff. Yeah. Because I mean, exorcists, poltergeists. I mean, yep. like lots of crazy stuff happened on those sets. And they literally filmed Portuguese in burial grounds. Yeah, I mean, you're stuff just like that. I'm like, oh, for yeah. trouble. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. I'm sorry. <laughs> Horrible. But I have no respect for the dead. No. So I think I would just choose not to work on a film like that because I would not want to put my life in danger. <laughs> Polanski and Cassavetes did not get along at all. <laughs> Oh my god, right? Yes. In my research and stuff, like, he was combative with a lot of directors, and I think that's why he wanted to become a director. But do you think that affected any of his performances, not getting along with the directors? Because that's what really shocked me as well, though. That's the he acted more before he directed. What, Shadows came out in the 60s? Yeah, 58, I think. But he'd at least done, like... You had done five that. movies and a lot of yeah. TV. Yeah. And I don't think, I, oh, I don't know, it's, that is going to cause so much havoc. With, that's going to cause so much chaos with like directors. You're going to clash. And then, especially, I think Polanski was quite like a stubborn man as well. So that's not good. No. At all. I find it really weird. I don't know. I like, I'm kind of a person I feel like maybe stay in your own lane. Yeah. I don't know. Like when he's acting, that's so weird. You're such a good director. Just stay and stay and do that. I'm so intrigued as to why he picked some acting roles, especially like weird ones throughout his career. But I love hearing about him and Polanski. Oh my God. I think a movie about the making of Rosemary's Baby would be so interesting. (laughs) Oh my God. You're so right. You're so right. And, and then um, they have to put Sharon in it as well. So it's like, yeah, perfect. and like all this stuff with Frank Sinatra and Mia Farrow. Drama, so much drama. <laughs> him wanted to get the mafia. I know this is early, but like him, Frank Sinatra wanted to get the mob on Woody Allen. The best thing ever. I feel like 
if you're gonna support Frank Sinatra in one thing, it would be yes. that. <laughs> Did you but have any other thoughts? I was gonna say about that? the what you mentioned about how he wasn't seen as a good actor. I'm kind of yeah. intrigued by that. What did you find? I think a lot of people just thought he was like copying Brando or James Dean and all that stuff like earlier on. And then that later on, he just like, didn't care. So he wasn't really trying very hard. Or they just thought he didn't really know what he was doing. Kind of unprofessional. I don't know. I feel like critics, of course, like their opinion is just their opinion. But it's odd to me that was, as far as his acting went, that was a widely thought thing. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people thought that. Yeah. I've never got that vibe of him. I've always kind of, even like Virgin Island, which is not going to go on oh about God. all the time. <laughs> Our new catch fire. Like. <laughs> but like, he was still bringing it. Like, yeah. I feel like I need to defend him from these critics. Yeah, I don't. I feel like you could tell maybe in some of the movies I've seen that he was yeah. just in it for the money. But um, man. yeah. For the most part, I don't think he was. I feel like he just kind of scared people, maybe. Like, they just weren't really sure what he was going to do next within yeah. a scene, which I will say is <laughs> a little bit frightening sometimes. But I guess I could go into one of my other questions I had, yeah. which is, like, a lot of his characters are very violent towards women. And I was wondering, as a female fan, how do you feel about that? So, it's so tricky to say. It doesn't bother me as much because, oh, I know this is awful to say because it obviously isn't right. But films in those times are all like, always like that in a way. I, wa- I watched The Fury as well with him in today, but he doesn't do much in it. But like, so even today, Kirk Douglas in that film, like he slaps Gina, who's the girl. And it's like, oh my God, do you even need to include that? Come on, what are you doing? It's in a lot of films of those eras. It's so annoying. But it doesn't bother me too much because... I know he's acting and stuff. That's why I love Rosemary's Baby so much is because I can look past how horrible he is in it and I just put it down to him being a good actor. But but yeah, that's a, I always feel like that's the price we pay for watching these old films because they've got such, oh my God, like tired views, <laughs> let's yeah. say, on like women and things like that. And I was when I read that question, actually, I, it made me think, I'm going to say the name, Mikey and Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say Mickey and Mickey. I have to really think in my head. Because he's obviously he's horrible in that. Yeah. And I think when I first watched it, I was shocked. I didn't like to see it like that. But thinking back on it, like that was the character. And like it was obviously directed by a woman who we love. We love Elaine May, friend yeah. of the pod. It's just yeah, so like it's not when I think back on it, it's not too bad for me. It doesn't put me off him or anything. Like but yeah, I just wish it, I feel like it was part of that time period and I just wish it wasn't like yeah there's so many there's so much stuff we watch when it now will just straight up hit a woman and it's nothing like yeah crazy it's, it's weird what are your thoughts I was sorry I was just you watched a Kirk Douglas movie I know I'm so sorry <laughs> no it's okay and you know what as soon as I said that I watched a really good film of him in called Ace in the Hole oh it's yeah really good film and then he slaps all minute. I think I wrote this in my post for it so that was two <laughs> I hate that man. <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, it's, it just depends on the movie. I think the fact that he would literally hit them, yeah. I, that's just an acting technique that I don't agree with. But yeah, I don't know. I have conflicting views on it because I feel like it kind of came from that generation where 
it was considered okay to hit women. And so, of course, that was like what people did. But then it's also, do we need to put it in the movies? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then it's so true. We just said, yeah, they're they're actually hitting them. Yeah. It's no like fake slap. Like it's the real ones. Yeah. Oh, God. It's horrible. It just comes from such a misogynistic place. There's a difference between a man hitting a man or a woman slapping a man. And I think for me, like that kind of has turned me off of like some of his films because I'm just like worried about what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a position you want to put yourself in for a no. film. Yeah. But I guess that kind of leads into my number two, which Ooh, is. Yes. Mikey and Nikki, which does include a lot of violence against women, and I hate that about the film. But you can't go wrong with Passavetti's and Falk. They just yep. they're made for each other. And I hated it the first time I watched it, but then on rewatch, I got what it was going for. Yeah. And it's supposed to be uneventful. It's just like a night in the life of these two friends. I don't know. They're not really even friends at this point, but I think it's an interesting look at male friendship and toxic masculinity. And of course, a lot of it doesn't really work for me, but the performances are very raw. I think it's just interesting to look at something about mostly men. And then it's written and directed by a woman. And I just think Elaine May really captured some things that even a lot of movies that were similar to that from that same decade didn't. And I really wish the making of the movie had turned out better, though, because it ruined her career. Did it? I did not know this. Yeah. It, no, actually, Ishtar no. No. <laughs> ruined her career. <laughs> no, that's... But this is, like, definitely putting nails in it, that coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah. And I think it's just because she was a woman, and because a lot of the things that she did do, a lot of male directors also do and are praised for. Mm-hmm. And then she was not I mean I'm just glad that she got to make four movies and I haven't seen Ishtar yet I really want to but they're also unique obviously have you seen the heartbreak kid because that's the other one I've seen that's quite fun yeah I think the new leaf is my favorite though okay so she only did four yeah oh sucks yeah but I think if I my only complaints really about the movie are the inclusion of the female characters I think we talked about this or we just kind of wish they hadn't been in the movie yeah. at all. Which, like, I hate to say it, but... No, but the, I uh, that scene where they go to that woman's house was horrible. Yeah. And you really thought that... Oh, God, which one's Peter Fox? Mikey. You wouldn't really thought that Mikey was going to step in because you were literally watching Nikki assault this woman on the sofa. Like, it was a horrible scene. Yeah. And then nothing happened. I wish they just cut that out because I think we already understand how much... Nikki and even Mikey suck because they already proved that they hate women without us having to actually see it. Yeah. But I think the reason I dislike that scene more is because no, it's actually the second scene when Nikki okay. goes to talk to her and he slaps her. And Cassidy's actually did slap her and he didn't tell her he was going to. And I think the actress was not very comfortable on the set of that film. And yeah. I think like putting people in danger is not something i want to watch yeah 100 agree i'm just mad i'm mad at, i obviously i love him i'm very mad that john did that i can understand like he liked the spontaneity but i just think he had a hard time drawing a line yeah but i think just to 
talk about this movie on a positive note because it is my number two. (laughs) I know. We like this film. Yeah, I swear. I think it just like the friendship between the both of them in real life really translates into this movie. And even though I hate both of their characters, (laughs) I just think they inject some realism into them. So there are some things about them you can feel for. And I think one thing I love about the movie is the graveyard scene. That's a good one. And how Mikey's telling Nikki, they feel like they have to be friends because they're the only ones that knew each other when they were kids. And they're the only ones who can prove that something happened in their past because no one else knew them and all their family members are dead. So I just think there's like some really raw moments in the film that make it great. I really like the opening bit where he's getting things. I still, I know I've literally just asked this, but I can't remember who's still again. (laughs) So Peter is Mikey. So Nikki's freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. John is, okay, John's got an N in it. So is Nikki. I'm going to remember it. Okay. (laughs) We'll see how long that lasts. But it's when Nikki's freaking out and stuff and Mikey is helping him. And it's a lovely dynamic. I think it's a really nice dynamic between the two. And it fits them both as well. You would look at them and you would know that like, Nikki is like offset like John Cassavetes would be like the kind of untamed wild one and then Peter Fox would be like the nice one yeah I think they improvised a lot of it so it was themselves for better or worse yeah (laughs) oh and then but they can do that they can improvise they know each other they know each other's like quirks oh yeah perfect yeah I read this book about the making of the film and yes. I would highly recommend it. Gosh, what's it called? Oh, no. Oh, it's called Aren't You Gonna Die Someday? Elaine Mays, Mikey, and Nikki, an examination, reflection, and making of. <laughs> but yes, I'd highly recommend that because it really goes into like what it was like making the film and interviews with all the actors and people working on it. And it's very dramatic. That's another one I'd want to see a movie be made of. Yes, yeah. The making of. It's so prevalent. To even have like a book written about it, like it is really prevalent still today. Like people still talk about it and stuff. Do you think there's a reason why? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like maybe because of when it came out and how a lot of 70s movies were about men, but they were like, they were more positive, I guess. Like even if they were like the worst people in the world, we were still supposed to like them. But I think this movie is like a really unfiltered examination of people that probably everybody knows someone likes. So maybe that's it, like just the realistic qualities and the relatability of it. Yeah. What about you? I think it's just such a great tale of two, like this sums it down so much, like two buddies, like it's yeah. just, and it's probably one of the best male friendships on film, even though some stuff is bad. But like, I just think it still resonates today because of that, because of their friendship on camera just exudes so well. Yeah. Love them. Do you like that the mob stuff is an afterthought? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, like, cause they don't play up to it. Like, I do, obviously, I'll just spoilers, but I do hate that Mikey is a part of the mob. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe I really like that, though. Because, Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a good twist. And then you can see, like, looking back, you're like, oh, that's why he did that. That's why he said that. 
Do you think I that's maybe why it was better for you on a rewatch? Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. picked up on like Elaine May worked on this script for at least 20 years maybe so she really uh, thought it through and you can tell yeah. on rewatch everything is connected even if it doesn't seem like it is <laughs> oh wow no I love that you've swayed me <laughs> but yeah I think I as a person that doesn't like mob movies I like that they weren't even that important in the mob yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's just a different look at something that yeah. and then your number one Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> so my number one was, was Edge of the City. Oh, nice. I loved it so much. I thought it was brilliant. I wasn't expecting to like it. Like, I just put it on just for, like, prep. And then I was like, this is amazing. I thought it felt incredibly modern. But, like, obviously, I know, like we said earlier, the views could be shown a bit better. Like, it was, yeah. it would be done better today. But it felt incredibly modern. And I just loved, I mean, we were going from one friendship to another. I just loved Axel and Tommy's relationship in this film. It was so gay-coded for its time. Yeah. But when you re- I've read things that, like, he, the character, John Cassavetes' character is written as gay. Obviously, yeah. they couldn't, they wouldn't be allowed to show that or, like, explicitly show that. But, but I thought that was very well done. And I just thought, wow, for the 50s, this is incredible. This is amazing to be made. Especially with, with Sydney's character. I just think he's, I loved him in it. They have so much chemistry. I also really the bit when anything with Ellen, who was Sydney's wife's friend, and they kept trying to like set her up with oh, yeah. John's character. Yeah. <laughs> he was so awkward, bless him. He didn't want anything to do with her, bless him, because he was in love with Tommy. We all know that. All yeah. Know. <laughs> but I just thought it was really cute. I just really loved the dynamics so much. I just thought it was brilliant. And it's only like 80 minutes long. That's like perfect for us. Like, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, the only thing that sucks is, is the ending. And I feel like it just came out of nowhere. And I'm really annoyed that I don't really want to, I don't know if I want to say too much. Yeah. But it just annoys me how like John's character didn't go to the police and like he really should have. Yeah. Just a it bit seemed out of character. Very out of character. Yeah. yeah. And he just like the main part as well is that. He's run away from home. And so I like that he does decide to go back home. But why stop there to be good? You could have literally helped someone out. Ah, I don't want to spoil yeah. it too much. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's just a bit annoying. There's a bit where John and Sydney are playing basketball, but they're not playing basketball. They're just throwing the ball to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Like, it's so good. It's the best, I think, John Cassavetes has looked as well. This is my favourite era of him. Oh, my God, beautiful. Actually, something <laughs> I didn't say during Mikey and Nikki was that I also found him very attractive in that show. Oh, my God. <laughs> no shame. But now seeing him, like, he's my type on paper in this film. Yeah, he's actually nice in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just so good. It's one I would, would 100% recommend to others. I just feel like it's like one of those films from that era that you could watch today and it'll be fine. The female characters are very strong and independent. Yeah, and um, smart as well. I think, honestly, I don't know what her name is, but Ruby Dee's character, I'm, it's, yeah. I think she's like a te- an educator sort of yeah. job. Which is, oh, yeah, like she it. has a job, she has a kid, yes. she can have both. <laughs> And yeah, it's okay. And it, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's just a perfect film. I love it. Yeah. And I, I love, love I remember correctly that she encouraged the friendship between 
Axel and Tommy, which I just think is also, I don't know why I like expected it to go differently, but. Because you feel like, oh no, the wife, she's going to be jealous or it's going to be like, she doesn't want them hanging out with each other. But no, she loves it. It's so good. Yeah. I just think think it's like, yeah, it just feels like something realistic. I'm very intrigued to see what your number one is. I'm trying to think what it could be. I'm really trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. This might be controversial, but my number one is Marvin and Ty. Of course, yes, yes, I love it. Yes, yeah, it's Tell me um, like I I don't know. It wasn't a TV movie, but I just love watching like these really like low budget cheesy movies featuring like big name actors it felt like a tv movie <laughs> yeah that's like my niche and of course i love parental relationships with children in movies plus after mentioning like him beating up women and things like that <laughs> it's nice to see him i mean he's not that nice in this movie but um you can understand where he's coming from in some yeah. of his choices and it's just nice to see him interacting with a kid and i feel like they improvise probably most of it because all of the scenes between them felt like real interactions it was really odd but like in a really good way I don't know how to describe it totally agree it felt real like it felt as if like they were actually speaking to each other yeah and uh, I can't find like any information about this film online but uh, yeah IMDb trivia is like nothing yeah so I just think that's a shame because I think it's one of his best performances and the little boy is incredible, honestly. Like so good. So good. Yeah. And you can tell they got along offset and they just really love each other and it's yeah. so sweet. And there's just like lots of little things like roller skates <gasps> and the puzzle. Oh, don't talk about the puzzle. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. And when they're waiting for the bus and he puts them in his coat. Oh, stop. <laughs> but then it's so upsetting when, should we say it? Like, when Ty gets yeah. ill. Like, yeah. really so. And I don't like it when they fight in that film either. No. That's the one thing I didn't like about that is when they didn't get along. Especially in the scene when he says something racially motivated. I know what you mean. Yeah. And then Ty runs away and gets sick so I don't know that was like the one thing I didn't like about the movie I didn't think it fit with the character his character with Marvin I got later on like why he had to run away but I wish it had been something less like it made me not really like Marvin for a little bit they could have thought of something better story-wise to get Ty to run away yeah that wasn't done very well no it sucks (laughs) yeah yeah but I just think see John be parental and like mostly nice is uh and just having relationship with this kid is something I feel like was important for me to see I don't know why but I just needed to watch him yeah in that kind of role and it's probably not for everyone but I would recommend it I think it was his last acting movie. Yes. Somewhere around there. I so think I think it's got to be right. Yeah. yeah. A good a good closing for him. And there's a lot of themes of dying and aging and stuff that makes it bittersweet. But he really seems to have had come to terms with 
certain things at this point. And so I just feel like his performance is so raw and just the li- some of the little things he does that yeah that make it feel like a real person like two yeah. real people that's a lovely way of putting yeah. it thank you finally um, one of our subjects hasn't got a bad film to end on my, yes. my, my is directed film but that's oh i <laughs> think i will watch that yeah. <laughs> just to see i read some things and i was curious to hear your thoughts okay. on this like, a lot of people on Letterboxd said it was, like, a white savior movie, but I didn't interpret it that way. What about you? No, no, neither did I. No, because, especially because, I think I, maybe not because Marvin also had, like, his issues, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he had a bit of an alcohol problem, which also mirrored John's life in real life. But I didn't feel like that because also he, he's, he was poor, like, he couldn't even adopt him. And he couldn't really take him to the hospital either. He didn't have the money for it. He didn't have the money for a cab, he said. So I don't see it like that. Yeah. I feel like they were on equal footing. Oh my God, when he says I love you. And he's like, I haven't heard someone say that in ages. Yeah. They just needed each other. Yeah. They were helping each other out. And ended probably the way it had to. Yeah, he, yeah. Ugh. But yeah, so I don't think it's a white savior movie. Yeah. No. I think we mentioned all of his good films. Oh, yeah. we do. We really do. Yeah. I am interested to talk about one film. I know we're we're underrated, but I am interested to talk about Dirty Dozen. Okay, we can, because that's my pick for his underrated performance. Amazing. Bring it on, Victor Franco. Okay. (laughs) Which I don't know if this is weird, because that was his only Oscar-nominated role. It's a bit random, isn't it? But, yeah, I'm going to still say it's underrated, because... I've heard of that movie probably my whole life. I'm like somewhere or another, but I, of course, didn't know he was in it. And I feel like he is the most main character, but I probably would have heard the movie more in relation to like Lee Marvin or Charles Bronson or somebody like that. Yeah. I also think he shows the most range in this. He's funny. He's dramatic. He's really creepy and loads in this film yeah there's just like a lot of physical stuff more dudes like hanging out but a different dynamic than some of his other movies I don't really like the movie but I really liked his performance it's a bit of an odd one in it that film it's very like for your grandpa like (laughs) my dad I watched it with my dad my dad loves it he keeps quoting you don't know Victor Franco Are you turning your dad into a Cassavetes stan? Because he also watched the ending of Marvin and Tyke with me. Aww. I kept telling him, I'm like, Dad, he's also a very famous director. But no, he just only sees him as Victor Franco. <laughs> so funny. Can I just say, though, that fi- I, I, this is going to sound mad. I think I'm a Charles Bronson stan. Like, I loved him in that film. I thought he was brilliant in it. Yeah. I like how he's been in movies with three of the people we've covered so randomly it's so funny (laughs) yeah and i've loved it mine is all with natalie because it's really creepy in that one isn't in the condemned properties condemned but like i've loved him at all like that elvis film oh my god wild wild country (laughs) no that was kid galahad kid galahad there you go (laughs) they had a lot of chemistry him and elvis yeah and i thought in the dirty dozen he had chemistry with lee marvin (laughs) You did. You're not I wrong. Them, yeah. <laughs> and at the 
end up like they're the last ones in the bed at the end. True, yeah. <laughs> it's really shit. <shifted. laughs> then John Cassavetes is so good. Sorry, we should get back. No, that's okay. I'm glad you like him. Also, uh, someone else though as yeah. well. Donald Sutherland was in yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Like, how old was he in that? So I looked it up. I think he was late twenties. Like he was young, and I was reading on IMDb like he had. He was like penniless. Like this film gave him the big break. It put him in Mash, which is like the worst film ever. But this made him famous. Like he, he said, like he was a broke actor in London. Like he literally he had no. He was just doing like bit roles and like on the stage. This made him. I can't believe he was in it. I was like, yeah, I think he was my favorite character. Yeah, yeah, because I'm just not used to seeing Donald Sutherland be goofy. Yes, it was really weird. <laughs> I love it when he has to pretend to be the captain. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then that was Robert Ryan as well. Yeah, your boy. Yo, I don't know if this is controversial, but I don't think he was the villain, Robert Ryan. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Justice. Like, okay, no, he didn't have to beat people up, but I'm just thinking he, he didn't know what they were doing. He just thought they were ruining the like plans of, yes. of the army, I guess. The- yeah, he thought that they were going to expose them all to the Nazis. So like, okay, I see what he's going for. But I, I just it. thought it was funny it. that they were like, he's the worst man ever. <laughs> no. And I'm like, these men are criminals. MAGA is right there, guys. Come yeah. on. I hated him. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think in general, the issue I had with the film was that they were all criminals. And then we were supposed to like them for the most yeah, part. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And they were all, like, really weird and scary. <laughs> I hated it when they brought those women in. I was like, oh, thankfully nothing happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. My like... heart, like, just stopped for a moment. Yeah, same. I was like, I, I don't want to. I was so scared. Yeah, this is why we should not like this is old film. Actually, no, that's mean on old films because that's like in any film, like practically now. True, women yeah. are like treated like that. But yeah, I was so worried. But it was funny. Like nothing happened. Yeah, <laughs> and they all were just staring at each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> oh my god! As well, I wrote this down in my notes, but I just loved it when they had to like line up in order of height. And yeah, the second short. Shortest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, that was pretty. But there was someone taller than Donald Sutherland, which I didn't think was possible. I also like really that bulky guy. Jim Brown. Yeah. The he's an American footballer. Jefferson. He played Jefferson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, watched the film. I, One night in Miami. Have you heard of that film? I've heard of it. Yeah. It's new. Yeah, yeah. And so he's in it, but he's played by like an actor. But oh, that's him. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, like, but, I wouldn't um, have guessed that he wasn't a professional actor. No, I yeah. would have thought he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant in it. And he yeah. killed, spoiler alert, he killed Maggot, so that put him in his good books. Yeah. Mag- <laughs> Maggot was the worst. That scene made me so mad, though, when he was shooting. Like, why did they bring him along? Like, it's, it's <laughs> such a, like, a downfall to their plan. Yeah, and he was the one that ruined it, yeah. So I just thought they were stupid. I was just yelling at the screen. <laughs> like the last act. <laughs> oh, like, also, oh my God. There were some scenes that just went on for way too long. Yeah. I'm sorry. They should have, I love the ending. <laughs> I know that's controversial. I just, I hate Nazis. 
sue me. Like, I want to see them get blown up. But it just went on and on forever. Like, just, just blow them up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know why they were taking so long. Exactly. Like, and that's why most of them died. Exactly. Oh, it doesn't, they had them locked in. Just blow them up. What yeah. And then, oh, don't even get me started on Victor Franco's death, which is yeah. right at the end. It was so, like, unmeaningful. Yeah. yeah. Hated it. Because he was, like, bragging, wasn't he? And then, like, yeah, and then no one noticed that he died. Oh, I wrote in my notes that I liked him with facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> he looked good. Did he, he ever really good. have a beard or anything else? I don't think so. That was a fr- Maybe it's Mikey. Yeah, Mikey? but that was, like, gross because he hadn't showered in a week. <laughs> But that's also in Dirty Dozen, isn't it? That's why they're called. True, but it it was like kind of manicured still. Because it's Hollywood. Yeah, Yeah, that's true, though. I feel like he was still attractive in it, despite not showering. (laughs) And being a criminal on Death Penalty. I'm still like, whoa. But But, yeah, the Oscars race. What do you... So I didn't see... Thank you as well for providing who was nominated. Sure. <laughs> Do we say I'm, who they are? Oh, yeah. Okay. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It was his uh, only nomination, which I'll ask you a question about that later. But, but okay, here's who he was up against. So George Kennedy won for Cool Hand Loop. Gene Hackman was nominated for Bonnie and Clyde. Cecil Kellaway was nominated for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And Michael J. Pollard was nominated for Bonnie and Clyde. So, do you have you seen any of those? I have not. Okay. Um, and I didn't even know Gene Hackman was in Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Have you seen Bonnie and Clyde? I have, yeah. I really liked it. Did you? Yeah. It looks fun. It looks good. It's good. Yeah. But yeah, two for Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. I'm really confused why they picked. Is it because he's doing more? Like he is kind of like you said, he was doing funny bits, he's doing crazy bits, he's doing sad bits. Like I wasn't biased towards him because he's Cassavetes, but I just think as like a character, he was more interesting than the yes. other ones. You're definitely drawn to him. Yeah. Like even when you first meet them all, he's his mouth and back and stuff, like it's on him a lot. But it's um, also really weird because they got loads of they got nominations for like sound and like sound effects and things like that, and they won for sound. But, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How weird is that? It's like technical ones, and then just a random supporting actor. Like, <laughs> yeah, the sound effects were bad, in my That's opinion. What I thought maybe it's all like the explosions and stuff. Yeah, they like love that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I've seen Cool Hand Luke. Okay, yeah. weird to me that George Kennedy won. I wasn't really that impressed. Okay. No. I don't know. I haven't seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. No, am I? Is That's a Sydney Poitier one, right? Yeah. I was wrong that was the year he won it. Did he I don't think he it? won for that. Whoa. Oh, God. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, I see. I need to watch a film because obviously he's also got Catherine Hepburn in. Yeah. Oh, we probably won for that Mr. Pip. <laughs> okay, I don't say. know. What I just know he won for, for Lilies of the Field. That's it. There we go. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. No, you should have won for uh, Little right. Nikita. Oh, yeah, and Sneakers. <laughs> His role in Virgin Island. <laughs> We've watched so many Sydney Poitier films, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, them. yeah. But we're just He's not awesome. watching this good one. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I feel like with Bonnie and Clyde, like they were, I don't know, it's just a very strange combination of actors. What was the other one? Michael J. Pollard. Ah. Oh. Yeah. I think John should have won, though, if I'm going to be honest, because. Yeah. Gene Hackman was just doing his Gene Hackman thing. It's classic bit. It's classic. Yeah. But he played a Warren Beatty's brother. <laughs> Never put them two together. What? No. There's no way they're related. They just no. made that up. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Maybe Not that any of the three of them are bad. I, no. Maybe it's just like, not for me. I don't know. I love Bonnie and it's, yeah, I don't know. John Cassavetes was very good in the Dirty Dozen. I thought. He was. Do you think he should have been nominated for anything else? See, I don't know. I kind of. I... Is it mad that I want to say no? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he should have been nominated more for directing, which is obviously something we'll definitely get into later. Yeah. But I'm just looking. I, mean, I tell you what, I think actually, Mikey and Nikki should have gotten some love. Yeah, he and. Peter should have won. Both. They both yeah, they, won. They should have tied, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think awards are silly, but I just don't know if he was really, like, considered award material, if that makes sense. I know exactly um, what you mean. Yeah. But that's why it made, I think this nomination is just, it makes it even the more weirder. Like, I yeah. Know, I it's so it's random. So it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's really random. Yeah. That's his only one. But yeah, it's just so... He is not an Academy, like, he, he's not... What's the word? Mainstream? Yeah. Oh, I just remembered he should have won an Oscar just for this scene. So he... Oh my god, I yes. forgot about this. He did a remake of The Killers and Ronald Reagan is in it. Oh, I think I might have read about this. Yeah, and he... I didn't get to watch it, but... It's bad, don't watch it. But he pistol whips him and throws him out of a car. How brilliant! <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah, it was good to see. Ronald Reagan should get beat up more in movies. <laughs> <laughs> and by John Cassavetes, no less. That makes it better. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, I had to mention that. For a scene, it's not Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Though I will say that kind of... It reminds me of an Elvis movie. It had that vibe. I love like that we're a, using this now. A as a bad like way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean this in a derogatory fashion. This is not a good thing, okay? No. <laughs> but it made me think of Elvis because John is a race car driver. <laughs> oh my god. And the green screen. It's a bad. Oh my some god. of the worst I've ever seen. Oh, you're selling it to me. But I had to mention that movie because I watched it and like I needed to you, talk about it. I don't want it, it to go to vain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Did you watch that Machine Gun McCain? I did, yeah. What was that like? Um, Should we get out the films we watched that were so sure. <laughs> I didn't like it. He was just like the worst in it. Not his performance. He was fine. But his no. character, I just did not like him at all. Peter Falk was in it. They didn't have any scenes together. Oh, what? Yeah. Is that um, where they? Is that how they met? Or yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, well, that's annoying. But it's I don't know if they actually met because they didn't share scenes. <laughs> at the, at the after party, like that. yeah. That is so weird, actually. Yeah, and then Jenna's in it. She has 
15 minutes and she's like the best part of the whole movie oh okay yeah jenna john and peter in one film i know yeah, they don't that was, was the start actually there's the very first film with all three of them and it's bad so and it's bad. <laughs> now i know why people don't talk about it were there any you didn't get Ooh, to talk about i do want to just mention devil's angels love <laughs> <laughs> the biker one Oh, it's so bad. And it's not it's not late. It's 67, actually. So that's the same year as me. Um, I'm the best person to talk about films, obviously. <laughs> Dirty Dozen. Same year as Dirty Dozen. But, like, I watched it on YouTube. Once again, thankfully, it all on YouTube. And so the whole premise is he's, like, part of this biker gang. And, but, like, you go to their, like, haunt at the beginning. And there's, like, swastikas and stuff. Like, wait a minute. This is, these are the protagonists. I don't understand. And then they like they everywhere they go they just cause havoc and like it just it was not I didn't like it at all. I didn't know all the comments were like, oh this reminds me of my biker days. Oh we used to watch these on like the drive-ins. And I'm like, guys, this is not a good thing. Maybe I'm just square, but like, I don't really like watching these characters go in this nice little town, just wreck everything. But John's like the leader and oh he does look good in his leather clad biker gear. <laughs> but yeah it's a, it was a weird one I don't like a lot of his movies because I feel like he plays characters that just are jerks like for no reason yes, yes. I'm at least yes. have a reason I yeah. totally agree yeah it's so true speaking of roles oh, what yeah. are some ones that you would have liked to have seen him play so I wish we got more of him in horror yeah I think like, the only real horror we got was Rosemary's Baby. And I thought he was so good in it. But like we said, we didn't let him shine. Um, so I well, he was I in um, The Incubus. But we didn't have time to watch that. Oh, true. <laughs> I did not watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a late in the game one as well, wasn't it? Mm. 80s Castlevania. Yeah. Like you ever had the good? One or two, maybe. Ah, oh, so that, he acted. I actually thought he directed that. Because I'm the worst. <laughs> no, he wrote it, though. He wrote it. Okay thinking of like horror films and i really like david cronenberg's films of the 80s like i could really picture him in that and now i'm blanking on the one i thought <laughs> of i'm like but i feel like david cronenberg would have got him as director and i wish they did something together i watched this brilliant one it was oh the brood the brood <gasps> i could oh. see Casper in the brood um, i could also see him in dead ringers as jeremy iron's character and I also then thought I was still I was sick with the horror vibe. I'm adamant with the horror. In the first, oh, I think it's in the second one as well. But in the first Halloween, Donald Pleasance's character, I think Doctor Loomis. I could, I don't know why. I could just see him in that role, like shadowy. I know he's like he's looking for Michael Myers, but like I just feel like I could just see him in that like like long coat driving around in the rain. Like I could just see it so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I also, so I watched that that film today, The Fury, which was Brian De Palma. I think Castavetti should have been in more of his films as well. Okay. But I think his best era, Castavetti, was the 70s. Do I think that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> he kind of found himself more in the 70s as an actor, even though all my favourite films are more like in like the 50s and 60s. So I just think Brian De Palma was like on the top of his game. Like the Fury wasn't very good. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I just felt like he was quite well directed in it, and I just feel like you kind of, with what we said about how he, John Cassavetes got into a lot of onset tension with directors. He needs someone big, like 
big-headed, but, like, in a good way. And I feel like Brian De Palma had worked with so many people, like Al Pacino, and I think he would have been able... Kirk Douglas, I bet, was not a nice person to work with. <laughs> like, Probably not. <laughs> so I feel like he could rein him in. Yeah. And, uh, and I also think that about Cronenberg as well. Just I feel like more, I want to say, established directors that would have got him. Yeah. And I was also thinking about who do I always go on about? Scorsese. <laughs> but I don't know if I could see them. And I, Scorsese loves Castellanos. He loves him. I don't know if I could see him directing. Yeah. I would go with no as well. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm glad. I just feel like they were mixed. They can appreciate yeah. each other, but he's acting wise, no. Yeah. I think you're right, though, about, like, having bigger directors, though, because I feel like in my research, like, all the times he, John did talk about, like, he had more fun on set, like, it was with directors who really knew what they were doing, but I think it's odd that he worked so many times with people that hadn't really worked that much before. Yeah. Like, why are you putting yourself in that spot? Yeah. Yeah. I hate to bring him up again, but Polanski was quite early in his mm-hmm. career-ish with Rosemary's yeah. Baby. It was a French film. American. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody really liked that. They're kind of serious. They liked um, Knife in the Water, I think. Right. Yeah. But then nobody liked... Repulsion, um, best film yeah. ever. <laughs> but then Fearless Vampire. Oh, Everyone that, hated that, that, as they should. Put Cassavetes in that. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Roman. Yes, always. <laughs> it would not go well at all. No. <laughs> like, no, really? I feel like... It worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I just felt like horror vibes for sure for John. And yeah, I- I'm going down the horror route for him. I think he would have been great. I could just see him like even like in 90s being like the old teacher or something. I don't know why I could just picture him so clearly <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, I think you're right, though. Like, definitely a character actor. Yeah, for sure. Do you think there's, like, a reason why he didn't really do horror as much? I'm wondering... I don't know this, but I also kind of get the feeling that maybe, like, because of his films he directed, do you ever feel like he might have been a bit of a snob towards, like, rubbish films? (laughs) Like... Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Which is kind of funny. When his films have been kind of... Yeah. He started out... yeah. I, but I definitely get the vibe that he was a bit of a film snob, which I know there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. But and also, he might not have been, just what I get. But, but yes, I feel like it would have been a bit like below him. <laughs> <laughs> He's too independent, and there wasn't a lot of independent horror films as well in those times. Like, I mean, maybe when like Halloween started, but yeah, no, I feel like he wouldn't have leaned towards them. I wonder what he'd think of cinema today. I think he'd be a bit disheartened. I don't think he'd like. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think so. He would be like, yeah, I'd be like, what yeah. did you do? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> oh, also, sorry, something we haven't yeah. spoke about is about his kids. Yeah, that was one thing we could go into now if you wanted. So, have you seen any of their work? So I looked at all of them. I actually haven't, but technically, oh. we did watch, which means I haven't seen the notebook. No. What am I doing? So Jenna's in it, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Is she Rachel McAdams? Yeah. But of course, I had no idea who she was because I watched it when I was like 10. (laughs) (laughs) More Ryan Gosling. Who is this old woman? Yeah. (laughs) That hurts to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jenna. I love you. But no, technically, I've watched half of my sister's Keeper. 
for some reason we watched it in our beliefs and values class like in year nine I don't know why we watched that but also as well though in that era we must be like 12 13 like I thought it was okay I thought it was a, I thought it was quite sad but now when you look back at it you're like oh god yeah that's like trauma porn in it like <laughs> That's so did Nick direct it? Nick directed it. Okay. But I read he had a daughter that was quite ill. Oh. So the story like resonated with him. Okay. But, but no, and then we never finished it. So I don't really Oh, <laughs> oh she sues him, doesn't she? That's like the plot. Oh. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen it. Oh, no, that's, I think she sues her family because she doesn't want to be like Abigail Breslin, I think it is. She doesn't want to be used as because she was only born so they could use her like blood and organs to help her sister. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's I think wow. it's based on a book. But but yeah. Is Cameron this... Diaz in that? Yes. Oh, okay. There's like a famous scene where her daughter is obviously going for chemo, so she loses her hair. She's like, Oh, everyone's gonna laugh at me and look at me. And then Cameron Diaz shaves off her head as well. It's quite Aww. yeah, that's like the main bit I remember. Oh I also <laughs> I went to an all girls school. This might explain a lot. But we all fancied the teenage son in it, who I think was the guy that was in the Hannah Montana movie. Oh, our whole class. We were like, oh my God. He had the whole class in a choker. <laughs> oh, it's not him. It's not him. But oh. he kind of looks like him. I really thought that was him. Wow. I'm really surprised. But yeah, no, we all fancied him so much. Oh and my I really God. I remember that. Lucas Till is who I'm thinking. Oh, Lucas Till. Yeah. Man. But that's not him. Oh. <laughs> but that was just like a core memory when I just explained in that film. Oh my god, it like came That out. is so funny. Okay, well, this brings me to my one. I've watched one Nick Cassavetes movie, The Wraith. Okay, what's that about? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay, you're not ready for this. Oh my god, okay. The Raid. W R A I T H. Was he in it? He did direct it. it. He was in it. Oh, Charlie Sheen's in it. No. Okay. You got to tell me about this film. Okay. So I watched this last summer. So it was like, I didn't know who any of these people were. But basically, Charlie Sheen plays the Wraith. And he is this guy. Oh my God. He's this guy who comes back from the dead to like avenge himself because he got murdered. And Nick Cassavetes plays, like, the main bully, who I think killed him or had Charlie killed. And Oh, wow. Okay. So he's important to the plot. Yeah. So then Charlie is, like, killing or targeting, like, his gang of um, people. I don't know. And he has this car. It's, like, a ghost car. And he can (laughs) shoot lasers. And do all this crazy stuff. I love it. I love um, it. Shoot <laughs> Does he ever shoot them at Nick? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. They're his cars. Oh my god, Elvis. <laughs> but the thing that's funniest to me is that this came out when John was still alive. So <gasps> I hope he saw it. Do you think he watched? He would definitely watched it. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine. John Cassavetes watching Charlie Sheen blow people up with lasers. Oh my god, what must he be thinking? This is the life I've made for my son. <laughs> yeah, that was my first and only exposure to nice. Cassavetes. 
the rope that's the only exposure I think you should get <laughs> yeah I'm not gonna extend it anymore <laughs> no technically they are in like a lot of his films he's directed but oh, I, kidding. I don't know they are right. yeah should I show some of my yes roles where okay. you would have seen him in so I actually have quite a few I tried to do a little bit of everything nice um they definitely do lean more towards me though <laughs> I love it I love it bring it on <laughs> Okay, I watched this movie called The Incident, which I hated it, but I feel like he would have fit into it very well. It's basically about these two guys that go on this subway train and they like terrorize the members of the train because they're all stuck on it. Yeah. And so I could have seen him playing. Wait, that that sounds really good. Was it? (laughs) I don't know. I'd say check it out if you want because it's Martin Sheen's first movie. But I think Don should have played the other one, played by Tony Musante. But he probably would have been too old at this point because there's sort of are they young? Yeah, or at least youngish. It gives me rope vibes, like those sort of men. Yeah. Another one I had is replacing Robert Redford in the chase because he's basically just Robert Redford. Like he looks too nice. He looks too put together and he's supposed to be this criminal that escaped from jail and he's been like running through the woods and stuff like that. No way has Robert Redford been to jail. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can believe that. Yeah. So I just think Robert Redford was too like movie star-ish and I feel like that I would have liked the movie better if someone like a little bit more rough and ready had played the role. Love that. Another one I thought of was replacing okay back on with martin sheen but replacing martin sheen in this movie called the little girl who lives down the lane which stars jodie foster and she's younger and she's like alone in this house and he's terrorizing her and being weird and stuff like that and i just (laughs) i don't like it it's bad but i think martin sheen is he's not scary so it just didn't really work for me but i could have seen john being achieving that yeah then another one I had was keeping it in the Sheen family, but replace Harry Dean Stan's character in Repo Man. Okay. Um, <laughs> they kind of give up the same vibe, Harry yeah. Dean Stan and Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. Emilio Estevez plays the main character in that. And Harry Dean Stan's kind of like his mentor. Okay. I love Harry Dean Stan. I thought he was fine in the role, but I think Cassavetti would have fit that. You've kind of given me inspiration for one. Oh, okay. What is it? Yeah. I don't know the name of it and I haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. This film exists. Do you know it? It's got, it's with Sidney Poitier, which is what makes me think of, and Tony Curtis, and they escape. Yeah. Do you know the one? I've know the seen one? that. Yeah. Oh, um, is it good? The Defiant Ones. Oh. No. No. Okay. It's on the list. That's very It's very dated. Okay. Yeah. I just love this. I think I would watch John and Sydney and anything. And I yeah. love Tony, but I thought, oh, actually, you know what? I'll put him in that. I want to see yeah. them together again. I think that's actually very good because I thought Tony was miscast. Oh, and, okay. But they don't get along in that. So I want to be friends. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is controversial. But oh, okay. Frank in Blue Velvet. <gasps> wow. Oh my God, our Dennis. Okay. No, because I can see it. I'm not, oh. I'm genuinely not just saying it. Yeah, I could picture it. Oh my God. Oh, brilliant with Lynch oh, yeah he would have I Imagine mean with the air thing oh, yeah yeah because I will say I thought Dennis Hopper played it a little too much 
much. I know. What I you feel mean. like yeah. Cassavetes would have toned it down a little bit. Yes. And made him less laughable because, like, I hate Frank with a burning passion, but yeah. he, I was laughing at him, and I yeah. didn't want to do that. <laughs> I think Frank is so scary in that film. But I remember we watched it. I was kind of joking. I'm like, oh god, this because he shows up to that party, and I'm like, oh god, this guy's shown up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Frank, no one's invited you. <laughs> and I think we can laugh about it because Dennis Hopper is so silly. Yeah. <laughs> He's a silly yeah. boy. But yeah, Cassavetes kind of got that like burning intensity. Like he would play a well, he, we've seen it. He plays villains so well. I love it. And then, okay, these are three. I'm oh, sorry, I have three more. And no, they're all no. comedic. So oh, I would okay. have liked to have seen him do, I don't know, did, he sort of did comedy. Yeah. Like, but not. Yeah, not not laugh out loud. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ones I have is replace Jack Nicholson in Witches of Eastwick, where he's basically playing the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it takes me out every time. <laughs> and it's really funny because he's like this sleazy, gross, weird guy, but he's, if it wasn't Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I would probably find him like slightly more attractive, but since yeah. it's Jack Nicholson, I don't. But um, I think seeing him in something sort of like that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I would actually really love to see him in like family-led films as well. Maybe that's just me wanting to be, him to be in more accessible films. But he was so nice with kids. Think about it, like that Marvin film. <laughs> I just yeah. feel like he should have been in something lighthearted. Like that. Yeah, but that's that's true. And then, I don't know, this is random, but I thought he could play Bernie at Weekend at Bernie. <laughs> I've not seen Weekend at Bernie, but I know they did. Oh my god, did he just be the dead guy? <laughs> yeah. But. The- I love it. Oh my god, I can see it though. I can see him with like the shoes <laughs> And he's short, so he can fit between mm-hmm. the two men. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love that. <laughs> I- <laughs> Thank you. But I think he would be good at that because he was such a physical yes. guy. And I think yeah. it's odd that he never did any sort of physical comedy because I think he would have been really good at it. Yeah. yeah. And even with Weekend at Bernie's, the, even though he's dead, he still has to do a lot of, yeah. be very limber <laughs> and things like that. And, and let, let his body be moved as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, that's not easy. Yeah. I think just something really weird like that would have been fun. And then finally, I don't know, maybe this is weird, but I think Beetlejuice, he could have been a good Shut Beetlejuice. up. No, I was just thinking Beetlejuice. No I'm not, I'm not way. I am not just saying that. When you were mentioning, oh my God, I was thinking of Beetlejuice. No, I... Oh my God. What about Witches of Eastwick? And I was like, oh yeah, family things. I know it's not, but that's what I had in mind was Beetlejuice. I was just going to say, like, Michael Keaton's like career could be Casper Bays. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Audrey, this is insane. I love it. Yeah, you should have yeah. played Beetlejuice. Right? Oh my god. It. It's just kind of odd to look through his films and be like, why didn't he do that? Because I feel yes. like even with some of the other actors we've done, they at least kind of got to dabble in a little bit of everything. Maybe he just wasn't being offered that stuff because nobody really thought of him. Like, maybe mm-hmm. he couldn't do comedy. I don't know. Maybe he was a terrible comic actor. <laughs> No, um, not in our dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of felt a bit of like a wasted opportunity in a way. Did Hollywood know what to do with him? Was he I don't too, think they did. 
Yeah. Because he didn't, he hated working with Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. So I think that came to his detriment because then they people didn't want to work with him because he was yeah. so hard to work with. I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird that I feel like he was the one that was preventing himself from growing yes. as an actor. Like own worst enemy. Yeah. In a way you could just put up with it. Like with, because once again, sorry, mentioned it <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He would always clash with the big budget producers when making his films. So it must've been the similar one with acting. Like it's just so annoying. And this is yeah. coming out of the studio system as well. Yeah. Maybe if he just sat it out for yeah. a few years. Yeah. And then he could have kind of maybe done more. But I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to act that much. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that wasn't his passion. Yeah. I can't say like too much because I have to watch if he directed. But I do yeah. wish he had acted more because. I agree. I, agree. I think he didn't harness maybe his full potential he's good he's a good yeah, yeah. that's what i think hurts the most what a talent to not only be a good director writer and an actor yeah oh triple threat <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true that's yeah i don't think there are any more questions what about you no what, how are you feeling about john cassavetes as an actor now that you've watched his films as opposed to how you felt him at the beginning yeah, I might still seek out a couple more. I think he's an interesting screen presence. I don't know if he always appeals to me in some of his acting choices. But yeah, there's a, still a few more on my watch list. So I'll probably check those out. I also think when he's in a bigger cast, I think it works more in his favor because he can bounce off of all of these different people. Yeah, I think sometimes when it's just him or just him and another person like there's just too much like pent of energy or something yes. going on yeah yeah, well, yeah. The, what about the you? energy is too much I totally get that yeah yeah I, I definitely appreciate him a lot more now and it was better than what I was expecting like his roles to be so I was very happy with that yeah this makes me really appreciate him so much more <laughs> I okay. really, really love the man I just think he's brilliant and yeah what we got was little but like I thought his acting stuff was so good yeah ah so emotional. So emotional. <laughs> Are there any more that you wanted to check out, do you think? I'm intrigued about, I should have, I want to watch The Killers just for that Nixon clip. <laughs> uh, Reagan clip, sorry. <laughs> so I kind of need to see that. But no, now I'm heading into all the classics of his direction that I haven't seen yet. I've been meaning to check out. Oh, nice. But if you're thinking about getting into John Cassavetes, I think you've got to do Marvin and Teague for sure. Do Rosemary's Baby. It's not as scary as it's people really not that scary. No, no. This is coming from me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and Edge of the City is so good. And you can watch most of them on YouTube. So, yeah. Perfect. Easy to get into. Yeah. I think his acting is probably more accessible than his yes. directing. <laughs> For sure. Should we close out? Yeah, that was so much fun. <laughs> It was. Next week, we'll do our fan casting. And then I'm going to quiz Louise about John's directing work. Louise will guide us through all of that. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and check out some of our other episodes. I think Audrey oh, yeah. should mention something she's doing in April. Oh. <laughs> I'm hosting the Letterbox scavenger hunt for april which i'm really excited about so please make a list that's 
at my letterbox account. Yeah, so that should be fun. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Thank you.